You're listening to the Rough and Tumble Podcast. By popular demand, we have the person that we don't speak of as our special guest this week. So now you guys get to hear his voice. Yep. We actually did get a demand that uh, the person we don't speak of join us on the podcast. So welcome. Well, you are welcome. And it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm not supposed to look directly into the camera or is that okay? That's fine. You can talk directly to the audience. Okay. (laughs) Did did anybody, speaking of that, did anybody see the uh, Instagram story for Westside where... um, they went and started filming butts. And so the whole round, he wouldn't stop looking at the camera the whole time. Oh, huh. It was I the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, it got to the point where I, I think Amanda probably did the video, but she started realizing like what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And so the whole time, like, he's on bottom and side control and he won't stop looking at it. And then the guy takes his back and he's still staring at the camera. Mm-hmm. It was the creepiest thing. I ever. did notice that Bruno looked like he was uh, being held captive. And was like reading off his script for his commercial on Instagram. And I was like, somebody's holding that poor guy captive. In his defense, it was probably at like three in the morning and Vitor had kept him up like all night long. Yeah. And so he was like, fuck it. I'll just record it now <laughs> because it's the only time that I'm going to get any peace and quiet between Vitor staying awake. So um, why what- is your wife so gassy? <laughs> 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 oh man! You mean, you mean my ex-wife now? <laughs> my ex-wife now. Oh jeez! I was gonna try and be like actually subtle. <laughs> no, I wanted. To, I was immediately gonna do it in the beginning. Uh, uh, my wife is not gassy. She, <laughs> oh, this is bad. Um, she's never farted in her life. Actually, not one time. No, no. not that I'm aware of. Yeah, not that you've gotten to hear. Yeah. So this is the first and last time that we'll have you on the podcast. <laughs> and maybe see me. Yes, yeah, this so. is the end of the show, boys. Yeah, make sure you save this footage. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, you just became Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. What made you lower your standards for us? Uh, you know, you guys seemed a little bit desperate. Mm-hmm. And I thrive on people who are desperate. Oh, yeah, yeah. I so, knew that about you. Yeah. You're not wrong. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are being really successful, and I just wanted a piece of that. Okay, good. Yeah. I like the honesty. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's trying to get on what we call the coattails. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for the rough and tumble bump. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we did get a – we haven't brought this up. We got our first official, unofficial uh, cease and desist letter. Oh, we're gonna, yeah. We're gonna talk about it now. We do need to talk about that. Can you talk about that? Um, oh, yeah. Well, it's not an it official, official, like, it's not an official cease and desist letter because it didn't state that it was a cease and desist letter. And I conferred with my attorney and he had the best quote ever, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But um, we were, were doing nothing illegal. And he basically said, based on the way that the letter was presented, he also believes that they have not ever copyrighted their name. And so... Um, I'll let Johnny talk about it. He's the one that got the email, but he texted it to me and I was just like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. We're both equally excited about it. Actually, one of my students brought up a really good point. We need to frame it. Oh yeah. We need to frame it and put it up in our, put it right there in our rough and tumble, uh, gifts. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't bring one I see, but that's okay. (laughs) It's got a water bottle. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Um, anyways, there's a, there's a band 
who is a pretty good folk band. Ooh, I yeah. like I like them. Uh, their their name is the Rough and Tumble, and um, we think very highly of them and, mm-hmm. and think that um, we should work together and not against each other. But um, the point is that their name is the Rough and Tumble. Our name is the Rough and Tumble Podcast, and we specifically put our uh, in our logo podcast to s- separate us. We're grouped separately on all streaming platforms, and we're uh, we're categorized as such. So there shouldn't be any issue. But basically, they felt that we're competing with them on uh, listens, and we're starting to confuse their fans. Um, which are they pretty popular? No, no. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, I don't want to say that they're I don't more know. popular than us. Yeah, they're more popular. Know, than but us. like. They're middle of the road folk band mm-hmm. popularity, you know. Like I'm sure they would come through to Kings. Okay, like they'd play at Kings probably, that kind of thing. And they, like I said, they were whenever they approached us, um, I felt bad. Like Johnny and I actually had a kind of a, a a somber conversation because we're you know we both come from similar backgrounds where like we know how hard it is to get your brand out there and how hard it is to you're doing all this work. They've been together for like nine years. They've been really pushing, pushing, pushing. And then all of a sudden, a podcast comes along that, in their opinion, is taking um, some of their contextual views away from YouTube, Spotify, and stuff like that. Um, so, it, you know, I was kind of like, oh, well, that sucks. I don't want to be dicks about this. But then I was just like, we kind of are on a roll right now, and we've developed an entire deal behind this whole Rough and Tumble podcast. If we change our name now, we're just starting to fuck over. I get it. We didn't put nine years in like they did, but we put a lot of work into this too, you know? But who's looking for music to listen to and then finds a podcast and be like, dude, fuck that band. I'm never going to listen <laughs> yeah. to that <them> again. <laughs> you know, and what's funny, the reason that the conversation probably came up was somebody came to a show and was like, Deborah, I keep looking for your music on YouTube and I keep finding this stupid fucking podcast. Like that's yeah. most likely what happened. Yeah. You know, it's like, the SEO is the biggest competition. Like uh, basically like who ranks first on Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. That's where the competition. Right. Is. So the issue is, is that basically when people type in the rough and tumble, we come up and they're not upset, but they're concerned that we're taking away clicks and views and content sharing um honestly i think it's the last that we'll hear from them i think I so think also we'll sit here follow up or anything and um to to quote the the our great attorney harrison he said it's not like you're competing for shitty folk songs in oregon <laughs> which i agree with yeah so um but like johnny said I, I would like to have them on the podcast i'd like to we want to help them out um and share the platform if we can um they seem like really awesome people and like you said, they're a how cool would it be if they could do an intro song for us? Yeah, dude, like badass, something like that. You know? Yeah, you know, like that would be fucking. I don't legit. know what we could do in return, but we'll run security at their concert. <laughs> yeah, do something like you know, that. something. But um, as artists, I would rather us work together. But it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when I saw it, I was just like, "This is kind of cool." Like, I mean, we've only been doing this for. 18 weeks now yeah yeah and somebody already wants you to stop <laughs> yeah no there's a lot of people that want us <laughs> That's to stop true. Yeah. Success. they're just the first ones that were vocal about it right and written for that let us know about <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> everyone else is just saying it to their friends right god i wish they'd fucking stop so mitch and i were trying i was mitch was asking about all of your degrees and what you do and all of that stuff and i couldn't i couldn't rattle off 
literally anything. I was like, <laughs> I know he's not like a psychologist, but something along those lines. So will you, so I don't screw it up. Will you kind of go through what your background is? And yeah. What you do? So uh, I am a licensed associate counselor in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So I do like mental health counseling and stuff like that uh, at Arkansas Tech University. Oh, you didn't have to go that far. I didn't want you to. Well, uh, I didn't really know what to say. I didn't uh, want you to throw yourself under the degree. bus there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think any of my coworkers are listening to this. Hopefully. That's good. And even uh, if they are, we're not going to talk crap about the profession, the university, you know. Okay. Yeah, but we've already tainted our. <laughs> but uh, I got a master's degree in mental health counseling and, uh, Right now, currently, as kind of like a side gig, I'm getting my certification in uh, mental performance consultant, mm-hmm. and that's through like this major organization in sports psychology. Um, so I would be a licensed mental con- mental performance consultant, and I would be the only the second one in Arkansas. Oh is wow! It, is it through Herbalife? Uh, advocate, <laughs> advocate, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my other favorite performance supplement company. Um, so. <laughs> With that, I mean, I mean, who's the? I, I'm, I imagine that the other one probably like works with the Razorbacks or something. She actually works in addictions. Oh, really? It's oh, okay. really strange. Wow. Uh, I've never talked to her or anything. I just looked her up. So, so it seems like there's a. I mean, in the area, there would be, or in the state, there would be a huge need for that being like at the U of A and somebody needs to talk so to her. So if something coach. were to ever happen to her, <laughs> you would be the only one? I would. Oh, well, okay. I, think you, I think we just found our. Uh, this yeah. is the this is the <laughs> very first step of making a murderer. <laughs> that poor lady is gonna get murdered somewhere not related to us, and then we're gonna, to us, and then we're gonna end up. Uh, <laughs> um, somebody's gonna be trying to find the rough and tumble band. They're gonna come across the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so it seems like there's a pretty big need for that in the area. That's pretty cool. Um, and there's not like a degree specific to sports psychology, is there? Or like it's, what you're it's really tricky. Doing. There's definitely no clear path to be becoming a sports psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a handful of programs in the country that you could be that are sports psychology programs. Outside of that, it's like specializations, things like what I'm doing, yeah. where you have to get a certain amount of supervised hours or things like that. But it's uh, it's really kind of an interesting field because of that. It's hard to get into, and I think that's why there's only one other one in the state of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, it's kind of like a, it's a new thing, kind of. And so if like an athlete tells someone else, like, hey, I'm seeing the sports psychologist, people are like, well, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, yeah. so there is still kind of that stigma on it. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think that's another reason there's not a clear path and there aren't very many in the state. That makes sense. Yeah. That and Arkansas is kind of behind on almost everything. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, of course. Um, go what got you interested? Was it one of those situations where, you were going through your undergrad, kind of unsure of what you were going to do, and then went into that field and then just kept pursuing it? Or did you go into your undergrad already knowing, like, no, I'm going to get into counseling? No, my undergrad was, uh, it was a shit show. Basket <laughs> weaving? <laughs> no, I uh, I came in wanting to be like a doctor. Uh, like a medical because, doctor? Medical doctor. Not because I wanted to be a doctor, just because I thought it sounded good, because I would make a lot of money. True. Eventually, um, after and, 17 years of school. <laughs> right. And then uh, I developed what some people would call a drinking problem. Okay. Um, and so for like two years, that, that was my major. That was your undergrad? Was alcohol and various other things. Um, and then I kind of pulled it together. And uh, 
I originally got into counseling because I wanted to work with veterans. Mm -hmm. I felt like really guilty about like veterans going to war and stuff. And, you know, I'm this person that's like voting for these politicians Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing anything. And so I kind of wanted to help them out. And then I got into the field and uh, just completely changed focuses. But that was how I switched to mental health. You didn't feel guilty anymore? Yeah, I got over that. Okay. Yeah. Um, You and I have had conversations about that before Mm -hmm. with, with PTSD and different things like that, you know, uh, and I think that there's a, a correlation. So uh, I got to I put the cart in front of the horse. Let me explain what my thought was. Okay. Um, you, the conversation you and I had had was how I've been deployed to multiple combat zones. I'm going again in August. And I have personally not really experienced much PTSD, um, at least not to the understanding that most people understand PTSD to be. Um, on the flip side of that, there are people in far worse situations that I have ever encountered um, who are, have seen things that I can only imagine, right? Things that I've never seen before. Um, and I can imagine what that can, how that can affect someone. Um, but the conversation you and I were having were, um, and I've had this conversation with other professionals as well, how you have your, your basic infantry guys and you know, your, your average soldiers uh, airmen and et cetera, who go into these crazy environments like that into, into war and battle and come back and are completely destroyed mentally. And then we have our tier one guys and our operators who were going into similar combat, uh, experiences, probably far worse than that in, in some instances. And are having almost zero response in P- as far as PTSD is. And, um, one of the things that we had talked about was, it's the mental condition. Certain people are more apt at being able to compartmentalize and deal with trauma that way, as opposed to others. And so when you have guys in like a tier one environment or in an operational environment who are, they're already kind of a a higher tier of of person, right? Um, Like for instance, air crew in the air force. So when you go through all your technical training, all other career fields, your, your tests, you're required to score at least a 75% on all tests to qualify and pass, like written tests. All air crew positions, it is a minimum of 85, right? So we're already held to a higher standard. Uh, you see the same thing out of, of some of your other tier one assets. And I'm not comparing myself to a tier one asset. I'm just saying in comparison, right? Um, and so, and then we have to go through a lot of different higher level training. And so my theory has always been that it's, it takes a certain kind of person to pursue that to begin with. Whereas, you know, your average person off the street who just needed a job and was like, I'm going to join the army and they're going to put me into the infantry. They, they weren't the, you see where I'm going with this, right? Like um, mentally they're already probably more apt to be predispositioned to have those types of um, reactions to trauma. Whereas like you're, your SWAT guys, your, your, your SEALs, your, your, all those guys, they're already kind of a different mental capacity, you know? And I bring all that up because you see it with athletes, right? So in the comparison with that, like someone like a TJ Brown or a Bryce Mitchell or a George St. Pierre, whatever, they're already adapt to um, mentally to, to, their ability 
to compartmentalize and put themselves in extremely stressful situations is already a part of who they are. Now, from your perspective, do you think that there's any validity in what the fuck I just said? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what you just said. <laughs> you said a lot. We were all dumber now having yeah, listened to it. You said a lot, but didn't say really anything. I was mostly thinking out loud and nobody was stopping me. So, Well, it sounds like you were saying like two things kind of. Mm-hmm. One, there are these tier one or these kind of people who are more just prone to be able to deal with stressful mm-hmm. situations. But they also go through certain amounts of training and exposure to that stuff that prepares them to handle it once it does happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, I mean, that's kind of the idea, like behind most mental health, psychological issues, strengths, weaknesses, all of that is that you have kind of a genetic biological disposition to be somewhere on that spectrum, strong, have a deficit, whatever that might be. And then your experience through life can strengthen that, can weaken that one way or the other. So, yeah, I think what you're saying is dead on. Um, and people like, uh, Bryce or TJ, you know, they have had, or George St. Pierre, or George St. Pierre, they're the same. Um, they've had a lot of pro fights, but they had a lot of amateur fights before that. Uh, they compete in other martial arts. I know Bryce did some wrestling tournaments. I know I've seen them both in jiu-jitsu tournaments. Uh, so they have that exposure. They've dealt with wins, losses, bad training camps, bad experiences, and they're prepared for that. They understand that that can happen. So do you, you think that, Part of it is genetic predisposition, and then the other part is that whether it be fighters or or your higher level military guys, their part of their training is stress inoculation. So they're being exposed to it at a high volume, and it's it's like um, they're building a callus to the effects of that trauma. So do you think maybe for a basic infantry person, the answer might be that the training just isn't enough? I think from a from a, a stress position um probably not yeah uh basic training is fairly stressful as it is for an average person right um and then your basic infantry schools are, are fairly you know stressful um, i imagine though the difference between like basic training and fucking war right. you know is oh 100 like absolutely different uh you know and i talk about this a lot so one of the things that we have to go through all high-risk capture personnel to include pararescue combat control attack peas air crew members, things like that. We have to do a 31 day combat survival school mm-hmm. where a portion of it is teaching us um, things that I can't say on the podcast. Um, the other portion of it is a week in the field where we're literally in the national forest mountains and we're rucking all day, every day. And it's, it's actually designed to simulate being shot down and you're having to go from point A to point B for land nav. You're eating whatever brutes, berries you find on the ground. I was eating a lot of snow, which is not good for you. Um, you know that has no nutrition right? like <laughs> yeah that's what the guy kept telling me um but he's the brown snow yeah i was like yeah. <laughs> it's chunky <laughs> i just kept putting bouillon cubes on it and making uh, yeah. roma noodles out of guys, it. guys i don't think mitch is gonna make it he's been eating dirt <laughs> <laughs> i'm still here and um so they do all that and then you know you get at the very end um you're rescued and then they put you into a resistance camp where they literally spend days at showing you what it would be like if you got captured right the only um, thing i can think about right now is the plot of pearl harbor where uh he gets captured and then she starts dating the other guy mm-hmm. and then he comes back and they're like married or whatever that's what i'm thinking about with the podcast is you're gonna get deployed and then get captured i'm gonna start doing it with somebody else and you're gonna come back all offended and mad 
It, that's a similar thing that happened in Castaway. To Tom. <laughs> yeah, in Castaway. <laughs> we thought you were dead. We buried you. Yeah. And he says, what was in the box? <laughs> no, it's true. But it, yeah, I guess I get fascinated by that because um, you hear of some of your, your more apt people. But I, I think you're right. I think that um, you just become more and more callous to the process and to the effects of that stress, you know? Um, but they say, I was listening to Justin Wren and he was saying that like 72% of Americans suffer from some form of PTSD. They just don't know it because um, of what we consider post-traumatic stress to be, you know, I, I think, I guess PTSD is such a broad spectrum that, the average person doesn't realize that they may have or suffer from some of the symptoms. Um, then again, I'm not an expert. I just listen to podcasts. That sounds really high to me. So uh, maybe he said more like 32%. I think I gave Lizzie PTSD after that wedding. See? Yeah. <laughs> but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> she refuses um, to come on the podcast now because of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that, um, I had a professor in grad school and he does a lot of work with the Red Cross. And mm -hmm. so like when there's a national disaster, 9-11, things like that, he's one of the people that go in and provide counseling uh, right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And he was telling us that it's actually a pretty small percentage of people who are exposed to a traumatic event, a single traumatic mm -hmm. event, um, especially with national natural disasters. But it's a very small percentage that actually develop PTSD. Mm -hmm. Now, what Justin Wren might be saying is that people have some like residual anxieties and things like that. Okay. Maybe, but it's yeah. not severe enough to actually meet the criteria that we have that establishes what is PTSD. That would be my guess of what mm -hmm. he's saying because 70% would be like astronomical. So here's another thing I've heard about since they've done the Medical Marijuana Act that basically they're just writing PTSD down for like most people that are coming to get yeah, like, Marijuana. oh, I can't sleep at night. Okay, PTSD. You know, oh, this hurts, PTSD. My ex so that was, might, was that like, person. throw off the, the count and stuff, mm -hmm. like, crap like that. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. So, like, if you have, all of a sudden, everyone in Arkansas has PTSD, what the fuck happened in Arkansas? <laughs> well, you're not wrong because, um, speaking of addiction, so my ex, and, and I'm, I'm very candid when I talk about this experience with people, uh, my ex is a recovering addict. Um when I say recovering addict, I mean that she has not been fully sober in probably six years, but she has had ups and ebbs and flows and stuff. Um, and one of the things that she would do when we were married is um, we'd go to the hospital because she would complain about kidney. She would say her kidneys were, were hurting. And then I started finding out that that was one of the things that drug addicts would do because when you go into an ER, and they do an ultrasound and they do a CT or whatever, and they don't see anything. They just take your word for it. And they would give you Norco, Oxys, whatever you were looking for. Um, and the addicts had figured this out quickly that, well, if I can give the doctor something that he can't find and has to take my word for the fact that I'm in pain because maybe I just have a kidney infection or whatever. Um, and that's what we do. And so we would, I would take her to the ER all the time and sit and wait. And the whole time I'm thinking like that she's having these serious episodes and that she's actually having medical emergencies. And the whole time it was because she had learned from whoever her, her other junkie friends or whatever, 
that if you say that to a doctor, they'll prescribe it until they started putting her in a database, apparently. And um, they would just prescribe her ibuprofen. And then I would have to deal with that on the way home. Right. Um, and it's similar. Right. So the the PTSD thing, they're finding that, mm-hmm. oh, well, if I just say that I have this, regardless of whether I do or don't, I get a marijuana medical card. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you can fudge the numbers really easily with that kind of stuff, I would imagine. I don't really know how they collect the numbers on that, mm-hmm. but I would imagine you could screw up some, some stuff playing around with those kinds of things. But then again, too, like if you're hiring a bunch of people that are just, and you're not training them to, from what I understand, I don't, I haven't been to the, to the place or anything like that, but from what I understand, like they're, they're not doctors that are checking you out and, and, giving you your card or whatever, approving you of your card. Just no, like I, dudes I that just need a, a job. Uh, it's just a certification through Advocare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Jenny Craig. <laughs> I feel like that's probably the most successful of all those. Uh, what's it? Yeah, that would be the most successful. Jenny Craig was. Of, like, yeah. Did they do like the pyramid schemes? Style? Oh, yeah, of course it was. No, no, did no. They? I think did you Jenny have to Craig, sell it no, to other people? No, no. I think that was just a like a slim fast thing. Okay. Like you just signed up for it and then they sent you your meals and stuff. Oh yeah. It was just a different kind of scam. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay. a scam. It takes a, it was taking advantage of people's absolute laziness. Yeah. Well, so it's slim fast. Like you drink this shake and that replaces a whole meal. Yeah. And it does. They weren't well, wrong. But then you drink three shakes a day <laughs> and that's yeah. all you live on. The argument was a shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and a sensible dinner. That's exactly what the conversation was. <laughs> was it really? Yeah, that's what it would say on the com- on the commercial. And then you would see people like making a, a bowl of Lucky Charms using the Slim Fast. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I Speaking love my sh- Lucky Charms. Josh, are you hungry? You want to go eat? You want to go to a buffet? Oh my god! <laughs> Every guest that comes in, I'm gonna try and convince him to get him go to the buffet. Yeah. Which, which buffet is it? Barnhill. Barnhill. God. Okay. Dude, it's like the. It's like just good old Southern cooking. Is it like uh, Western sizzling? You no, go there? it's not like that at all. It's Ryan's? like it's not as dirty. No, so, so it's better. It's better. Okay. It's like it's like your grandma cooked all of it. My grandma can't cook anymore. Okay, well, it's like my grandma cooked all of it. She's a fantastic cook. <laughs> all right. That was what was always weird about Cracker Barrel. Like we would always have people being in the military. Not everyone is from the same place. You can imagine, and um, all my friends would want to go to Cracker Barrel and stuff. But for me, that's just the same kind of food that my mom cooked. Mm-hmm. So I never, I, was, I never understood the attraction. Have you ever had Cracker Barrel's Coke cake? The mm-hmm. Coca-Cola cake? Oh my God, dude. Get that. Just next time you're at Cracker Barrel, get the Coca-Cola cake. Jesus. I don't think I've ever ordered dessert at a restaurant. I have. I have every once in a while. Get chilies. I used to get the, uh, yeah. the lava volcano chocolate. Thing. It'd be something like that. Like yeah. my birthday or... Yeah. Something. I did oh, that's get a true. birthday. <laughs> yeah. One time. At a yeah. At his bachelor party, we convinced the people. Oh, we didn't even convince him. We just started singing happy birthday to you. <laughs> that was the yeah. that was the joke. Was like every time Josh walked into somewhere, oh excuse me. Damn it. I screwed it up. Who? Beep. Yep. Every time uh the person we don't speak of walked into somewhere, we were like uh started singing happy birthday to him, but it wasn't his birthday, it was his bachelor party. And then I got drunk and passed out at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. At, uh, but, uh, yeah, we needed to bring up, I needed to bring up the, my episode at 
this past wedding was lit. That was the first time I've ever blacked out. I didn't even black out whenever we had our um, our night, our night of uh, of rambunctiousness. I didn't black. I remember most of it. Like I think I remember all of it. I don't remember. Dude, I remember standing up there whenever they were getting married. It was a great <laughs> wedding. And my full intention, I said it, I was like, I'm going to get drunk because I don't want to be in a wedding right now. I don't want to do this. And so I'm going to get really drunk. And I did, but I got way too far. Did they provide alcohol to no, you? There wasn't any alcohol there, oh. but they gave us flasks. They gave all the groomsmen these custom flasks. And I was the only one that decided to drink what was in my flask. So I drank everybody else's too. <laughs> and Spencer kept like feeding me more. They kept taking away the the flask from me. And then Spencer would be like, here you go, bro. Because <laughs> he knew what he was doing. <laughs> but did, uh, did all the other flasks say uh, Rough and Tumble Podcast on them as well? No, they all had like uh, custom, you know, like <laughs> Spencer's had his moving company on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just weird stuff like that. But uh it was a great wedding from what I hear. Um, I was there. <laughs> I was there physically. I wasn't there mentally. I remember like just the highlights of it. And uh, Lizzie says that like I was a fucking nightmare to deal with. I was all over the place. It was good times. I've gotten so much better about drinking. Um, you were drunk last night. <laughs> yeah. And you were drunk the last time I saw you. I didn't say that I stopped drinking. I said that I've just gotten better. You've just gotten better at it? <laughs> so what does that mean to be better at drinking? Um, so I, you're, so you being a counselor. So um, dealing with everything that I dealt with with my ex-wife, I'm one of those people that are really good at compartmentalizing things um, and not letting it affect me in any way, shape, or form. And then apparently... I had bottled it up for so long that when I would drink, it would come out, but directed at whatever female was around. Now, I'm not a physically abusive person. I've never put my hands on a woman, but well, I, I mean, like sexually, like, I've, I've, I've put my hands on no, sexually. No. I just started thinking of that. Uh, you remember that video? I do not freebase cocaine. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I do not freebase cocaine. Now, every once in a while, if I'm at a stoplight... <laughs> <laughs> I won't drink and drive, but if I'm at a stop sign, I might. <laughs> so I, I was never abusive, but like I would find myself uh, like with, with my live-in, she basically, whenever um, she could do anything, it, it didn't matter. Like if I had gotten to that point where like if she told me that I needed to stop drinking, then I would fly off the handle. Like the dumbest stuff, right? Uh, I had a, a little bit of a coming to Jesus meeting um, in October. Or uh, uh, in the summer, this past summer, and um, I was like, I gotta, I gotta fix this. I gotta figure out what the fuck's going on. And I did. I fixed it, and now I can drink and I don't get mad. And so I've gotten a lot better. And Johnny um, texted me. Uh, it's actually, I, I'm gonna read it because it was actually a pretty funny. I was pretty proud of my wittiness, even though uh, no one else is gonna respect this. Was it? <laughs> Uh, I got a question. I got a good question. Maybe you can. Yeah, you guys talk much yourself. Maybe you while can I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe you can think on it while he does his uh, BS. You can use uh, gravitas as an example, um, if you want. The what's the number one like mistake that you see the general as far as like mentally and and, and all of that like. Uh, what's the number one mistake that you see just the general 
population of jujitsu um, making. You know, not necessarily like the people that are trying to be world champions or or whatever, but just everyday people that are trying to be better at jujitsu or maybe win a regional tournament. Like, what's the thing you see in the gym that people are doing to themselves that are detrimental or whatever? Uh, tying too much to the outcome. It's it's that's win yeah. or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's you have to have some of that. You know, mm-hmm. you have to really try to win. You have to want to win. You have to train to win. Otherwise, you're probably not going to learn as much. Right. But if it's if you tie all of the value on the outcome, whether you win or lose, that's going to give you extra anxiety because it's not something you can control. Yeah. You know, if I sign up for a tournament and when I was a blue belt, those nuggy divisions at like AGF, it was like five years and up now. I think it was four years and up then. I did one of those. And I had Omar French in my bracket, <laughs> as as you know. Um, yeah, we've only made fun of you and, since and then. Did I you was, lose? Oh, yeah. I, be, I beat him, by the way. Thank you. Somebody yeah. hates to. Oh, man, we're going to. That's going to be so good. There's so much fuel for my fire in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point in my career, there was, I had no chance of beating him. I could have went probably. Let's do a better example. Say Marcelo Garcia entered that tournament. We would have been in the same division. Mm-hmm. And Marcelo Garcia's worst day would stomp me on my best day. So winning, it was completely out of my control there. But if all the value is tied up on winning or losing, my anxiety is going to go through the roof because I'm trying to control something I can't. Yeah. I'm fighting a losing battle. And But if I change my focus to outcome, right? So I want to try to, or not outcome, to process, right? How I compete. I want to compete to the best of my ability. I want to not quit. Or I want to just try to hit certain positions. That stuff's sort of within my control, right? Mm-hmm. So my anxiety automatically comes down and my performance goes up. So your your suggestion is to focus on more specific things that you want to do within the tournament. I want to try to hit this sweep in this tournament. I want to try to get a takedown, something like that. Yeah, yeah. How or just go for the takedown. Yeah. You know, how you want to be as a competitor, especially mm-hmm. for someone mm-hmm. like uh, me or some of the guys in the gym, say uh, Chris Ball or some of the blue belts, purple belts who just compete for fun because they enjoy it, you know, you're not going to be a world champion. So why tie all your value into winning? Winning, yeah. As somebody who's not won a single match at Black Belt, um, I usually, my goal is to just shake the other guy's hand at the beginning of the match, Mm -hmm. and then I win. That's it. (laughs) That's where I set my goal. Like the fist bump. And then I don't expect anything else out of the match. Speaking of speaking of uh, not tying too much to the win, as a person has never won a black moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so it, is that I'm, I remember on like a personal note, you had struggled with that. I feel like a little bit mm. uh, previously whenever uh, you did whenever you're training for your MMA fight. I feel like you had uh, struggled a little bit with that. I don't know. I mean, like. Maybe I was totally reading the situation wrong. We talked about it a little bit. And then even a little bit at Blue Belt, you really struggled with competition. Is that something that you feel like drove you to learning the sports psychology of what oh, you're doing yeah. now? Yeah. yeah, that's where my interest in it came from, mm-hmm. was trying to figure it out for myself. Yeah. Um, and MMA is a little bit different because it's not just like... The outcome is a little bit different. You yeah. might get really hurt. Right. Yeah. You know, so that the stakes are so high in that that... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where a lot of the anxiety comes from. I mean, the guy that I fought sent people to the hospital. Um, it was all over Facebook. <laughs> it was all over. 
his mom and my mom would get along well. <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely struggle with that. I like blue belt and purple belt. You know, I love jujitsu. I do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like if I'm not winning, then am I just wasting my time? You know, and all that. And that's just that's not true. Right, not wasting your time if you're not a winner. Not it's everybody a true. can win. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where my interest came from for sure. You had a text you wanted to read us. Oh yeah. Did you put it away already? No, it's right here. Okay. <laughs> you just pull it out. So Johnny said this he asked me, he said, Do you want to show do you want to show start Sunday around eleven? Knock out what we need to get done before blank shows up at twelve thirty. <laughs> I said, Yes, sir. He says, That was more of a question and less of a statement. I said, I feel I answered it adequately. I meant I didn't want to demand things. (laughs) I I felt like I was demanding that you be there because I didn't put a question mark at the end of it. I was drunk and didn't understand why you were saying that because I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, it looks like both. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I feel like I answered it adequately. And I'm also drunk. And he just said, perfect. Do what I did and completely black out. Apparently, I had a great time and ruined a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) It was good, dude. That was, uh, I'm like, Lizzie's mad that I'm proud of myself for what i did but i don't know any other way to be well the one thing i love about going to louisiana where i'm from aside from the food and all that stuff that night particularly honestly so we have drive through daiquiri stores mm-hmm. you just drive through well the one that's closest uh to my live-in's brother's house is it's called daiquiri divas so it's the name of the place and they sell half gallon daiquiris oh god so it's a half a gallon daiquiri it's the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life and i drank it all and then when i got to like this much left which is you know i don't know probably like uh i don't know 16 ounces were left or whatever i just put a bunch of um coconut rum in it (laughs) and swirled it around and drank it as fast as i could dude i can't i can't drink like that anymore it's well, it tasted just like a Fruit Loop. It was I, delicious. I used to be able to. Well, I'm just saying like that quantity. Of <clears throat> yeah, alcohol. I don't do it often either. I was just on vacation. So like I was, I only, I drank like three times while I was on vacation this past week. Um, I got drunk all three times, but it's because here at home and stuff like that, I don't really drink at all. Yeah. You know, like I don't, because I, I don't like to have uh, the inability to perform at work in class, things like that. I don't like feeling that way. Um, plus, I've got all my kids and responsibilities and stuff, and I, I don't like to deal with any of that. So even on the weekends, I, I don't really drink because Sundays we're doing the podcast. Saturday I'm spending time with family. Um, although there was the one Sunday when we had Nate that I did drink a whole like, 24 pack of yeah. Blue Moon. It was an occasion. It was. Nate was <laughs> so in town. Nate we had to celebrate. So I have a. I I almost forgot to bring this up. Uh, the episode. The last episode, yeah, it was the last episode. You had talked about, uh, you talked about you were gonna do worlds because I convinced you or whatever. You remember? I don't like your tone. <laughs> you're gonna figure out why my tone's this way here in a minute. Good. So you said you're gonna um, do worlds because because you're talking about the timing. Because I convinced you of it or yeah. whatever, and so then I decided I'm gonna do worlds with you. There you go. So I'm gonna, yeah. Are I've you got the same weight class. No, no, we're gonna only compete each other, compete against each other at Worlds. We're planning a choreographed dance. <laughs> um, we're gonna go and 
clear the mats. And I will tell you this, you know, a lot of people make this big deal because in, in jujitsu, the adult black belt world championships are considered to be like the pinnacle, you know, and masters worlds doesn't get as much, um, as much attention as the, uh, the original worlds. But dude, I'm here to tell you, man, like masters worlds, black belt is just a who's who of every legend of the sport. Yeah. Like, so I don't give a fuck, man. Like I've, I've said this before. So I'm middleweight. So one, anyone and a half, but I've competed at uh, medium heavy, which is like, Josh Hinger, Marcelo Garcia, like all these Titans, Lovato Jr. I think was medium heavy. Wait, are you competing at middleweight at Worlds? Yeah, yeah, we're the same weight class. Oh, right. good. Yeah, I'm not doing medium heavy. Fuck that. I'm not doing. You think that I'm gonna that it'd be a good idea for me to go up back I, up to medium? I heavy? I think you should do lightweight. No, yeah. I can't. All right. What is that weight class? Well, I'll see you. The one one sixty one sixty seven. Yeah, I can't do that, Nagi. I don't think I can make that angry. If I had, if I was like shorts or something, I probably could. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go to Brazil in June, and that's gonna be the start of my training camp. Like you should my, film it all, and then like camp. I'll film my training camp, and we'll just like make a montage. Well, dude, I figure to. we're probably gonna compete at a bunch of the same tournaments. Oh, of course, um, probably against each other a couple times. I can't wait. So we might gonna win. Uh, I have a winning record against Johnny. So yeah. Well, he's not throwing me again. That's for damn sure. I'm I'm kind of on an LDMA throwing tour. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> throwing tour. <laughs> um, the uh, but yeah, we'll probably I'll see you in the, I'll see you on the other side, bro. As long as I get past the handshake, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna wrist lock you in the handshake. Um, so yeah, I figured if I'm gonna make you do it, then I have to do it. There you go. And uh. So here I am to say that I'm going to try and do it. Whew. Yep. I've nope. got health insurance this year too. That's a big oh, yeah. part of it too. <laughs> <I can. laughs> it's it's actually pretty nice. Like when you tear a bicep in your first black belt match and health insurance really came in handy. Um, from a sports psychology perspective, um, I routinely will try to figure out ways to fuck with my opponent to get them to make mistakes and uh, when I fought Eric Ingram, one of the things that I did with him was during the match, I was vocalizing what the score was to him. So like if I threw him, I vocalized that I had just scored two points, even though it was submission only. My intent was not to make him upset or anything, but my hopes were that it would cause a mental shift to where he would go into a more playful mindset so that I could turn it up. Like I was always going to try to be aggressive during that match, but I was trying to get him to go into a playful mindset so that he would maybe not be as apt to be aggressive during the match. It's a mental jujitsu. It did not work at all. At all. He ended it. He uh, took my back and choked me um, on a big that approach and then you start losing. Do you stay with it? Yep. Like two, four. Yeah. Two eight. Uh, well, a lot of times what I'll do is go, um, is that all you've got? <laughs> right before they choke you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I bet that grip's getting tired because I can't even feel it on my neck right now. I had an MMA fight where I was uh, I was on top of a guy ground and pounding, and I accidentally hit him in the back of the head a couple times. And uh, they were just like kind of wrapped around, hit him in the back of the head. And he's like, ref, ref, he's hitting me in the back of the head. And I literally, I was like, dude, I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to. He goes, oh, it's all right. And I just keep punching him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the uh 
I think that could work. Yeah. I um throw him off a little bit. Um what's his name? Josh Fox, I think. And I apologize ahead of time. I don't think that he listens to the podcast, but he owns Fox um Fox, Fox Fitness oh. in in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Really great gym. Um really good gym. But he came down whenever Kevin Williams was here. He came down. It was a really good open mat. And um I thought you were going, What? what? <laughs> Turns out he was just yawning. I was just bored to the story. <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore. So I'm gonna. I'm, I was you guys thinking, talking about yourselves. Uh, I'm gonna start adding fireworks to the show. I was gonna put some big old firework cones in the corners, so that whenever I hit a sound effect, we can also get fireworks. Just blast fireworks show. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, the best part about it is like the fact that after this, like you have to wait for the smoke to clear and stuff. So like it's awesome when it's happening, <laughs> yeah. and then then there's you that- mean when my house is done burning down? <laughs> <laughs> um, this was such a bad idea. <laughs> the what? So what are your plans for 2020? Do you have any any plans? This episode is uh, we're kind of fucked up on episodes because we did. I know a good divorce attorney. <laughs> I think I can just get an annulment now. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. only been a couple months. It's yeah, true. Yep. Um, let's talk about your wedding. I was in your wedding too. Yeah, you did. You did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I didn't sober. Notice how drunk you were. If you were, I chugged a couple beers outside of the truck, but I didn't. That was about it. I didn't wasn't really that drunk or anything like that. I you just, wanted to remember my wedding. I did. I did. You know, and mostly I just had my uh, fruit and berries out for everyone to see. <laughs> yep, I posted a picture of it. And that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Those pants aren't, I'm wearing them right now, actually. And you can't see my fruit and berries because I don't pull them up to my belly button. For yeah, uh, One of the things um, that's weird about when you're not weird, but it's whenever I drink, I instantly become a comedian that only that I'm the only one who thinks is funny. <laughs> and um, so we were, we were at my cousins and um, they were like um, her and her husband were just in a seriously like devastating car accident, right? About three or four weeks ago, he broke both of his femurs, his hands. She had internal bleeding. Are you um, making jokes about it? Nope. Okay. <laughs> but um, so he, I mean, he's, he's bound to a wheelchair and a walker. Like, you know, it was a, it was a devastating car accident. Um, well, he got out of the hospital the Thursday that while I was there, and that was one of the nights that I got really drunk. And so it's like one in the morning and his wife is like putting him in bed and stuff. And I notice in the corner, there's one of those grabby things like you pick up trash with. Oh yeah. And I thought it was funny to just start grabbing his dick with it the whole time. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so like, no. <laughs> he, after like six hours before that, he had just told me. How like, like his whole ball sack and his taint and everything was completely bruised and fucked up and like oh no you know and I'm just like <laughs> and like my live in and my cousin are like stop and I'm like no it's funny look everybody look I can see his pedo <laughs> and then they had to yank it from me and it was a big ordeal but um I thought it was hilarious yeah so I'm like the funniest guy you know <laughs> uh. He and I had a this infamous time that we went out drinking, um, and then we significantly slowed it down after that. Every time we went out drinking, <laughs> um, 
but I, we talked about this the other day. I don't even remember remember how I convinced myself that these girls wanted to dance or like wanted wanted me in any way, shape, or form. But I like I looked at them and was like, "I'll be right back, bro." And then I come back like literally twenty seconds later, and he's like, "What happened? Where's your beer?" And I was like, "I poured it all over." Him. I go to dance with them and just like dump my beer all over these four girls. And then they're like, "You get away from us!" And then I go sit down, all sad. All my rap videos have lied to me. Yeah, <laughs> I apparently have a problem keeping alcohol in its container when I start drinking. Have you ever have you ever been picked up at a bar? Like, have you ever had like a girl like overtly? Yeah, that that night. That's that what night. got us so drunk. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got me. This girl, <laughs> this girl was like, uh, we'd gone to another bar. And then uh, my friend Michael was texting me. He was like, hey, dude, you need to come back here. This bartender's like really feeling you. And she's give, she wants to give everybody free drinks. You know, she wants to get us all drunk. So I was like, yes, sir. I'll be there in a little bit. So then we go back. And then um, she just kept feeding me shots and then convinced me to do drugs. And <laughs> um, I did. And it was just went downhill from there. And it was a really, really, really terrible night for me. <laughs> And terrible weekend. I was at Willie D's downtown Little Rock, the piano bar. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting at the bar getting another drink. And out of the corner of my eye, there was like this older blonde lady or whatever sitting next to me. And I can feel her staring at me. Like, you know, when someone's looking at you that hard and you can feel it out of the corner of your eye. So I'm starting to get super uncomfortable because I'm like, is she going to punch me? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I thought she was like bowing up. And um, out of nowhere, all I hear say is, you'll do. (laughs) <laughs> You'll like, do. that's what she said uh-huh. <laughs> and so i was like a woman Mom? after my own heart <laughs> yeah, I know. She, she she bows up yo <laughs> you'll do i had uh after playing a concert one time i had somebody pass me a note um and it was a girl and i was like oh this is cool you know all right i'm into it and then she passed me a note and i opened it and she's like and it said me and my husband both think that you're the hottest one in the band and then i was like i'm getting roped into a weird threesome right now and I need to get out of this really fast. I didn't write them back. <laughs> Check <laughs> gave, yes or no. Yeah, I gave it back to them and then walked away. Yeah, They were probably super excited as they were unfolding it. To I see, like, like sat down like in a corner or something and they were like in a, like a raised area above me. And they were like, hey, here you go. I was like, oh. That wasn't me. Hello. I have a question about the Yule Do thing. So how do you feel when someone says you'll do? Is that a compliment or is so, that like you just barely meet the Since standards? I had never been hit on in my life, <laughs> I was like, this is the best night of my life. Okay. I was so happy to have a girl talk to me at all. How old were you? Uh, see, I'm 36 now. I was 36. You no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, this was like five or six years ago. You've um, had girls hit on you. you I really just, haven't. You just don't I know. I didn't that, know it. Right. I didn't know it. Because um, somebody has to walk up to you and say, you'll do in order for you to realize <laughs> that they're hitting on you. It's true. It's true. I actually was, uh, I thought it was really neat. Like it didn't hurt my feelings at all. I just remember thinking like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I think that's. Uh, what was her facial expression? Can you reenact that for us? Well, imagine what it would be like if. Um, some if, if you were having such a terrible fucking night that, <laughs> that you, you had utter, to walk up to you Mitch. walk up to a random guy like myself and say the words you'll do um she was really disgusted actually she was not okay with me being the person that she was going to have to have sex with <laughs> like and we didn't even have sex like i didn't go home with her or anything like that i just remember thinking like i said thank you ma'am um 
because she was like 40. And uh, I was flattered. Well, I know I was like 30, 29. I was super flattered. I was very flattered, actually. Um, I shook her hand. (laughs) <laughs> like a gentleman there's gonna be a craigslist misconnections <laughs> out later tonight about this story she's been looking for me for all these years have you ever gone through those like the misconnections oh, yeah. on craigslist oh yeah that, i want somebody i want a misconnection so i went through um i saw you at harps you were so, looking at the used condom aisle <laughs> I don't know. the glow in the dark condom yeah you know they have the um men seeking men men seeking women women seeking men or whatever you know uh-huh. um and I used to go through those because you would see some of the funniest shit. Like some of them, you're just like, there's, this is not real. Like there's no way. But then other times it would be like legitimately. And so I'm going through it. And I remember I clicked on one cause it was like local uh, in the area. And I was like, uh, click. And I immediately realized I knew him. Oh, knew that's my that dream. It was the best. Uh, it was a married couple and I won't say their names. Um, but they were looking for another man to share his wife with. Whoa. Yeah. And um, I just remember thinking like, I could be that guy. <laughs> I already know them. Yeah. This will be an easy thing. We get the icebreaker out of the way. <laughs> so what's funny about those is like, there's only one type of attraction that works on Craigslist. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you can't get on there as a male looking for a female. You'll never find one. No, you won't. You can't go on there as a female looking for another female. N- no chance. You can't go on there as a female looking for... Well, you could go on there as a female looking for a male. Uh, yeah, you could Jesus do, Christ, a female, you you can do, do anything you yeah, want. That's for sure. Um, it only works for male for male. Mm-hmm. Or maybe some weird kind of polyamory, whatever, threesome, orgy kind of thing. But like, it's only it only works for male for male. I know you said polyamory. I recently learned that word and mm. I know it means um, to love multiple people. Oh, I thought it meant Mormon. <laughs> no, it's, okay. So it doesn't mean, okay, that's fair. But uh, I think it's funny because you can go on to like Pornhub and whatever and you type in polyamor mm-hmm. and it will bring up like threesomes. But it's like, that's such a weird way to like, just look it up. Like, it's just like the type, most like, wholesome way to look up a threesome. <laughs> I look up polyhammer. Polyhammer? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hammers, we've got to shout out uh, the Hammercast. Mm, yeah. They did their first. Do you see that segue, dude? This is high quality radio yeah, you production. You don't get this out of somebody who's got 15 episodes. No. This is an 18 episode type group. We're like now. more yeah. at 20 now. Cause I feel this. 19 feel 20. It. Yeah. This is good Good transitions. What is the Hammercast? It's a. Oh, I'm glad Thank that you, you asked. Asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh so a friend of ours that follows the podcast and i like to think that we have a pretty big part of him wanting to start a podcast Mm -hmm. i hope that we have um he realized like well if they can fucking do it anybody yeah like these guys are (laughs) fucking idiots um so he started a podcast and they did i believe they recorded their first episode uh like today or yesterday yep and it's not released yet but it's coming out so we're kind of like building our network of podcasts now we have friends that are starting a podcast and we want to shout them out and work nice. together. What's their thing? What so the way that he described it to me was basically like the it's for the people that like didn't do well in school, were told that they were going to be failures, like dropped out of high school or whatever, and now are like succeeding and doing far better than what their uh, 
what the people around them had mm-hmm. anticipated, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's for people like that, like um, interviewing people like that, people in the music culture like I like to listen to. Um, Josh is afraid of my kind of music. And then um, so the things like that uh, of that nature. But I'm not really exactly sure the concrete direction mm-hmm. that he's going. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be a little bit like this. Of ju- a lot of bullshit and a mm-hmm. lot of uh, just bringing in people that we feel uh, are important and are good. So as someone who's been wildly successful throughout their whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want to ask to me? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're probably going to be um, more of our audience than his audience. <laughs> <laughs> so um, talking about weird porn searches. <laughs> Uh, Back to the topic. <laughs> well, because before you brought up the hammer cast, I was gonna. So at work, we have um, we have a drive, like a Google Drive, and it got me wondering, by the way, about because we have a Google Drive, mm-hmm. but um, we have like a we have a flying schedule, right? And only three people have the password to this. But what it does is it allows us from home to be able to check the flying schedule in case we forget, you know, over the weekend, like what what our status is and stuff like that. But only three people have um, have the uh, the password to it. And my buddy, Scott is my best friend. He is like the one who created the whole opportunity for it. Right. My name's not Scott. <laughs> I'm just saying everybody that's been on the podcast has been your best friend, except me. And you've made it clear. You've been on every podcast. I know. <laughs> um, but he go. he said, uh, Hey, um, I was looking at the Google drive searches and someone has been looking at a lot of Pornhub. <laughs> And the top two searches were loud sex and screaming. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that's the weirdest thing. That's a pretty particular. I know. Like I remember I was like looking at I get that. That can be a fetish though. Just like. I guess. Yeah. Because. um, Yeah. He said. uh, And he told me who it was. And um, we were talking about how we could be passive aggressive about it now. Because like we only know of three people. And we're pretty sure it's down to one. Yeah. And. um. And uh, he was he he basically was quoting himself as saying, "You should log out of the uh, schedule before you start cranking it, Donnie." <laughs> and I said, "I said, Donnie, pipe down over there. You're being louder than your Pornhub searches." <laughs> but yeah, he was looking up screaming, yeah, loud fucking. I'm sorry, it was loud fucking, not loud sex. It was loud fucking and screaming were the two high search ones. But the thing is, is he doesn't know that we can see this. Yeah. So are you? Are, are you able to see what I look at? I, I can look at like um, if you search on something on Google, I'm sure that I can. I've been. That's all I do. Oh, really? I look at well, all I my porn on Google. Because I know better. The only thing that I see is your YouTube uh, history. I logged out of that. Though. Yeah. We were, we started getting like kids recommendations. Kids and I was like, oh, God, is damn kids have gotten on YouTube Because my two-year-old now. watches this show called Coco Melon. It's a, like a. It's that's a, exactly <laughs> what it was that we were getting recommendations <laughs> for. <laughs> it's like a. um. A kid's learning. Uh-huh. And Johnny always knows what phase I'm going through based on my YouTube searches because it I went know it's coming up on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> because I went through it. He was like, God damn it. He's like, all you do is looking up gun stuff. And then he goes, are you getting into magic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I There's all kinds like of magic card tricks. So I went to Branson like three weeks ago and saw a magician. And I was like, I- I'm a magician now. Yeah, I'm going to be a magician that. now. 
And so for like, I would shed it for like three weeks just watching nonstop YouTube videos on how to do magic. Dude, how much shit have you seen? This is why me and Mitch work well together. Like, how much shit have you seen me go through? Where I was like, oh, I could do that. And then I just start like trying to figure out how to do it. I did that with magic too. Yes. <laughs> it looks, it's not hard to do, but the sleight of hand stuff is very difficult. But it's just funny because he was like, are you, are you getting into magic? That <laughs> could be your next Patreon video. Yeah. Just doing magic, magic tricks. tricks. No, I learned really, I learned the hard way. Uh, most people do not appreciate sleight of hand magic. Uh, mostly everyone in my family. Yeah. When they found out that I was doing magic, it got to the point where it was like a joke. They were like, Ooh, so it's another card trick, Mitch. And then I would do it and they'd go, Oh, you did this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, it's not real fucking magic. Like magic's not fucking real. And you're being an asshole. Like nobody goes to a magic show to figure out how it's done. They want to be amazed and mystified. So now I only show my magic tricks to my nine-year-old and my five-year-old. Yeah. And they fucking love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine. The, yeah. The oh, thing you got that another this- card trick for us, Mitch? Oh, <laughs> the amazing Mitch. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the thing that discouraged me from doing card tricks was whenever I started getting into like, <laughs> I wanted to do all the sleight of hands, which I was like, I just have to play with the cards for That's long it. enough. That's it. You just got to play with it long enough. But then I started realizing like <laughs> most of those card tricks are like math based. Like not the ones you gotta, you gotta like separate it four <laughs> yeah. times and this and that. And that's when I was like, fuck this dude, I'm out. I can't count more dude. than the fingers that I have. Yeah. I learned a lot of cool. T- I was actually, I'll tell you what, when I also got into magic, um, yeah, I didn't go to like magician school. I, didn't, I wasn't like a professional magician yet. Um, but when you start going into that rabbit hole and you start finding out how they're doing all the tricks, it takes a little bit of the fun away. Yeah. Like when you, cause I'm like, I learned how to levitate stuff. And then when you find out, like, there's like all these like magician tools that they use that you can buy from like magician stores. Yeah. And you're like, "Mm." damn it. I thought it was, I thought there was some level of, or some sort of like cleverness where you're like, oh, that was really clever. Yeah. You know, like, I've been waiting on my letter to Hogwarts and it hasn't come. Damn. So, so every time I see an owl, I'm like, (laughs) nope, nope, next time. Have you guys ever like wanted to get into like Magic the Gathering or Dungeons and Dragons? Not once in my entire life, but I did go through it. Well, never mind. (laughs) We're not starting a clan. Me either. I've never (laughs) known anybody that's wanted to get into that. That's weird. I remember all my friends who were really into it, though. I had like a so I was really into comic books growing up. And unfortunately, it's almost impossible to just be into comic books and have friends who are just into comic books. Mm -hmm. Like I was the guy that was like, no, I'm just into comic books. That's it. So you go to the comic book store and there would be guys who were into comic books and wizard and magic and Pokemon. I'm into a comic book phase too. You guys are taking it to another level. Like just be cool with the fact that Wolverine has claws and he can heal himself. Um, But I remember magic the gathering got hardcore. I never understood it though. And every comic book store owner was just like the comic book store owner from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Like they were all, they, they were that guy, a ponytail and a goatee and slightly overweight. So I want to get into it though. Like you want to do it now? Like you're, I've never, you're I've never done now it. in your 30s to do that. Yeah. Cause like, dude, I have so much time to waste and I just want to get some. <laughs> you want to do magic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. You like, have a table for it. I, that's exactly what got me thinking about it. I I like, know. Oh, this a is definitely a magic card table. Set, uh, Settlers of Catan. Have you ever played that game? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that's an amazing game. I would, I would get deep into that one if I could. It's not like a incredibly complex game, but it's really fun. Anyways, sorry. 
So you guys don't want to play D and D with me? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? What do you do? You, I actually fully expected there to be a reemergence of those things whenever Stranger Things came out oh, because yeah. of like the nostalgic '80s thing mm-hmm. that was being proliferated with that. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't really happen the way I thought it was going to. I it, think D&D is still really popular. It is. Is it really? Yeah. So I worked in a lot of restaurants. Mm-hmm. And everybody who works in the kitchen is either uh, sales and or addicted to drugs yep. or big into Dungeons & Dragons. That's so, such a weird disparity in personality. Yeah. Well, sometimes they overlap. Yeah. More than you would expect. Sometimes you get the, uh, the old, uh, yeah. But uh, I like kind of I like to listen to their stories. It was a lot of like really creative stuff that they would mm-hmm. come up with. Yeah, you make like your own. I don't even understand that portion of it. Like you make your own storyline for it, right? Those are yeah, guys who cool. never have to look at porn. Their imaginations are so good that they never actually. So the reason that I have to look at porn is because I can't jerk off it with my imagination. I have to see something with I my go to imagination land. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I was really wondering. Yeah. yeah. Now you know. I yeah. did. I actually Jog- heard. Now I don't have to use my imagination to figure it out. He was asking me the other day about it. Um, <laughs> if you ever played the the game Minecraft, it's one of my favorite games. Um, my my nine year old daughter plays it. it. That's good because it's the greatest game that's ever been made. So I just I'm not familiar with it. Um, I'm not talking shit. I just basically if you were playing blocks, mm-hmm. but in an infinite world. Where you could make whatever you wanted to, right? Like you could. That's what I play. That's how I play it. I was just like make stuff. But anyways, that's what I do. Is I like make up little stories as I'm building castles and stuff. Like in these guys, <laughs> blocks. Um, Don't worry about it. <laughs> did you guys see uh, the video of uh, Gronkowski smashing the Lego head of Steve Harvey on the New Year's Eve thing? I saw Steve Harvey's face. Afterwards. Dude, he was pissed. He goes, you know how hard it is to find brown Legos? <laughs> I got to thinking, I was like, I've never seen one. So it must be incredibly hard to brown find Legos? brown Legos. Well, I guess when you make like the, I the tree I feel like I stuff, have, but I, I can't think of it in particular. Well, like mm-hmm. when you've seen like the um, the the pirate stuff, you That's can get true. it from there. Yeah, yeah. But uh Dude, he just walks up, grabs it, and then smashes it all over the ground. I'm out of the loop on this one. Oh, it was probably the funniest thing I watched the day after New Year's. <laughs> Steve Harvey has the best facial expressions ever. He That's does. why he was uh, pound for pound the best Family Feud host of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because he looks at everybody like they're fucking stupid. Exactly. I love, Every, I love he, his and he has, like, uh, disappointed doing face. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was so, in a... Wasn't Nathan Kirby on Family Feud? Yes, he was. Yeah. Whoa, that's, that's uh, wild. They won, too, didn't they? I don't know if I'd say they've ever done that. His son like hit mitts and did a flying arm bar. I remember there. that. But what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they pray? Steve Harvey looked at him like they were stupid. Well, that's they probably should have started praying. Right but the uh, his like disappointed face, like whenever <laughs> yeah. you know he has like the same face whenever somebody says something that they shouldn't or like mm-hmm. something that's just a little off color that he's like that <laughs> blank stare. <laughs> I love it. He is he is good. I don't know. I thought didn't Drew Carey. No, Drew Carey was. He does prices right. He I does know, prices right. He might have done it a little I bit. I thought he. No, 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 no. It was uh, Louis. Louis. Louis Anderson. That's yes. who. Yeah. What happened to him? I think he's dead. Is he really? Mm, I don't, know. don't you say that. Talk about yourselves. I'll find out. <laughs> Didn't he have a cartoon show too? Yeah, that was how I knew. Louis. It was called like. No, no I'm thinking of a different one. No, I think. 
I think it was something like Louis. that. I think it was, yeah. And it came on around the same time that Bobby's World mm-hmm. was. Bobby's World was my jam. I don't remember Bobby's World. Well, that's because you're too young. When you get to be my age, you'll start to understand a little bit more okay. about Bobby's World. Okay. Louis Anderson is 66 years old. Oh, my gosh. That's fucking crazy. I bet you he's still not funny either. Mm-mm. You don't think so? Don't I mean, he was he funny like when I was a kid. Oh, he's gonna he always a, had like that weird uh, voice and stuff too. Somebody was posting. He's still the, alive. Have you seen George W. Bush do paintings? Have no. you seen the stuff about him doing paintings? <laughs> oh, no, dude, <laughs> he's like incredibly talented. Does he's he use doing crayons? No, here's so here's the thing. Somebody posted on Reddit. They were like, "Don't fucking tell me that this guy's getting a redemption arc in 2020." <laughs> but uh, he's making. He's doing like paintings, portraits of soldiers that were killed due to um the bombings or the the war that he started basically and um as a por- as a portion of like a uh, therapy and stuff and like he's incredibly talented painter and then they're selling auctioning him off for like money for the families and stuff uh but i was like blown away that george w bush of all people can paint the way that was he, he is giving that redemption arc yeah he gave that candy to obama's wife that's true oh. yeah everybody loved that he is gonna get his. Uh, he's gonna get a redemption. I. Uh, you guys ever watch those Joe Biden creepy videos? <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. not the creepy ones. You've never watched the creepy stuff no. where like he like. I've seen the one where he's like he's with a kid or something. That's, he, that's, like, all, <laughs> of his, that's yeah. all of his creepy videos. There's <laughs> yeah. a. I follow a guy on Instagram who posted they eat like children to yeah, stay alive. The, yeah, there's forever. like a vampire thing. It's, oh. Look into mm-hmm. it. And, I, yeah, uh, Alex Jones says something. Who? Alex Jones. Alex yeah. Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They eat the baby fetuses. That's true. We, just right now got banned on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> this was the moment. Speaking of Louis Anderson, in 1997, Louis Anderson Seamless. was blackmailed by a man named Richard John Gordon. Gordon demanded money from Anderson, threatening to reveal it to tabloids that Anderson reportedly sexually propositioned him in a casino in 1993. Dude, that's Nobody's so available. that's so before its time. I know. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something that happens now. Yeah. I guess Anderson paid Gordon $100,000 in hush money. Fearing the story would threaten his starring roles in two family-oriented series, but when Gordon's demands increased to two hundred and fifty thousand, Anderson's lawyer informed federal authorities, and Gordon was arrested after leading FBI agents on a high-speed chase on Santa Monica Boulevard. Whoa! That's Boom! Really, that's How did I not crazy. hear about this? Yeah. Well, because it's Louis Anderson, nobody true. actually cares about. It was nineteen ninety-three. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. He's gonna have a. Maybe that's why he's hiding. He's staying under. He is. He's like for oh, this Me Too movement. Wait for that to blow that? over. <laughs> There's a lot of like comedians that just refuse to do college campuses mm, yeah. and stuff because of the woke. And I keep hearing people say that, and it's just like, what? That's so weird. That's so crazy. I can't imagine like the college campus being so. What are they doing that's chasing them all off, dude? Have you heard? Um, they're trying to. So okay, so two things. There was some comedian who uh, maybe she wasn't a comedian. Maybe she's just a TV producer. I don't know. Um, but she was leaving the office one day and she just told the office, Merry Christmas, everybody. And then left and a person, an intern in the office went to human resources and reported her for saying Merry Christmas. I hate people. Whitney Cummings. Whitney Cummings. There you go. Cause then she, uh, she came back, I guess on Twitter and, uh, paraphrasingly quoted saying, um, I wasn't saying it to you. It's just fucking nice to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you don't have, you know, um, but it, it, that 
Hollywood, California, that, that whole woke thing. Culture. Yeah, that woke culture. And the thing is, is they're always trying to outwoke each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're like, no, I'm more woke than you. And they're talking about how there is this computer term that uses the word supremacy in it. So it's it's like Apple is creating this new computer program that has the ability to like outwork from a, like a, a crazy position of these other computers. And they they use the word supremacy within it, like nano supremacy or something like that. And they're trying to get the word supremacy banned because it's, it reminds people of the word white supremacy. Like you're not even allowed to use the word supremacy. It should, well, here's the deal. It's like it shouldn't be – of course it's not going to be banned. This is the dumbest thing in the world. I know. But number two, like if they if that's the choice that they make to say – to call it supremacy, then that's their fucking problem. And if it, ha- if it gives people issues – then don't buy Apple products right. and then they won't make things that have the word supremacy in it, in it anymore. That's how this works. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I just think it's so the, the correlations that are made on these broad spectrums have gotten yeah. so out of hand. Um, and I'm, that's the reason I'm glad that I'm not on social media. Obviously I have an Instagram, but that's it. That's why that podcasts have it. gotten so popular too. Is I would almost, you can pick yeah. your audience. Yeah. You're right. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Ja. What do you think, Ja? Ja. ja. I said Ja. 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 Jerry. Ja. Jeremiah. Yeah, I, uh, no, supremacy is a bad word. They should ban it. Do you really think so? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Are you being serious? Why? No. He's like, why not? Don't why not? start this bullshit with me. <laughs> ja, <it's>, mm. <laughs> He'll do stuff where, like, um, the That's one so will do stuff where, like, I'm like, dude, I don't know if you're fucking with me. <laughs> he asked me I was talking to him at the gym the other day and he asked me that he was like "Are you? Uh, I can't tell if you're fucking me right now and then I was telling you about it and you yeah. were saying that he's like the king of that yeah I'm, like, well, are you? I'm just not sure about a lot of stuff and so Johnny takes that as disagreement <laughs> he takes it as disagreement <laughs> And I don't I'm know. just trying That's to be neutral. You enjoy arguing though. You will I do. you I will intentionally say something uh, uh I don't know what the word is like no, I won't. opposite <laughs> 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 yeah you you'll say something intentionally opposite in order to start an argument even if it's something that you like staunchly don't believe in you're like yeah well <laughs> i always i always like trying to convince people of things that are just absolutely ridiculous when i was in colorado springs for three weeks i had most of the people in my class convinced that almost everything was because of the altitude i remember yeah, about, that. about that yeah they're like man i am hungry it's probably the altitude. It's the altitude. They're yeah. like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's something to do with the way that the molecules work. <laughs> like you burn more calories at altitude. So I'd probably start picking up the calories. <laughs> and they're like, you should probably go to the Barnhill buffet. Yeah. You should probably, I'd probably start hitting up Chipotle. Do you guys want to go though? Like since you brought it up, did you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, speaking of, of, uh, getting facts wrong, our last episode, I don't know when, which episode it was. There was one, one of our previous episodes was a shit show. We got so much wrong. You, you, I was trying to think of Asheville, North Carolina. I said, Asheville, you go, Oh, in Tennessee. And I was like, yeah. And then just kept the conversation. Going. I don't even remember saying that. Dude, there's so much of it that I was listening to. I was like, Nope, that was wrong. Nope. That, that was wrong too. We're Apparently, pretty good about doing that. Yeah. Literally don't listen to us for facts. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. We're not a fact. I actually heard about that from someone else today. Oh, really? We talked about how wrong you guys were on the last episode. Almost. Well, we're wrong about a lot of things most Who was of the it? time. Uh, What's their name? Names. Uh, social security number. 
I don't know his social. Oh, were they at my gym? We know it's at him. They they were at neither gym. Mm. His mm. name might have been Adam. Oh, <laughs> well, he's wrong about knife fighting. So I'll never figure <laughs> out who it is. he is wrong about knife fighting. Um, he still thinks he can get me. One day I'm just gonna end up stabbed. <laughs> and then I just remember he came on base um, to do that interview with me for the for the uh, Library of Congress, and the amount of weapons that he had on him. I was just like, <sighs> bringing this guy. Um, but do you think that if he had a knife, this is our friend, Adam, he's a grown man. He's an adult with no physical handicaps. Right. And you think that if he had a knife and he was attacking you, that you'd be able to take the knife from him or what's the disagreement? Johnny has a much better approach. Here's what I think. I don't think that I'm not going to get stabbed. Mm-hmm. I might get stabbed. I might get cut, but he's going to die first. And that's technically a win. Yeah. You know, like. Well, in this case, we don't want to focus on winning. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to have a win mindset. I mean, like the the realization of getting stabbed. I don't think that he could kill me with a knife. Because it takes, most of the time, it takes more than one one shot with a knife. It's Uh, true. um, And typically, if you stab me in, in the gut. Now I have your knife. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's my knife. <laughs> you just flex your stomach. Flex real hard. And you end up farting like Josh, like his wife. Well, Josh that. looks so I, disappointed right I now. I know that wasn't even that funny of a joke. I just wanted to say it. Again. You knew better than to bring she that up. Why would you say been that? Mad at me. <laughs> yeah. She hasn't been mad at me the whole time we've been married. The good news is this: her name hasn't been brought up. We haven't said her name. We've mm. never said your name once. Not once ever. And. You're good for today because she, this won't be out till tomorrow. Yeah. So you, can, you have you enough have time to go, hours to go and set this up. The only time she's ever listened to you guys is when I had it planned yeah, or whenever it. you were on it. Well, she I'm not might want to listen to it. Now. <laughs> I'm, she, she knows where to find it. I'm going to, I'm going to plan it out to it so that she has to hear it. Just tag her on social media. <laughs> That's good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, We've got an episode that's coming out on Patreon, uh, a special episode, an interview with Felipe Trovo, mm-hmm. and then his episode. We'll release that as a full episode the following week after that. Um, I'm excited about that. Have You You haven't gotten to listen to it yet either. I should have had you listen to the episode before you came so we could talk about it. Um, sorry. But it was a really good, uh, really good interview with him. I really liked it. You got to roll with him a little bit? Yeah, just once this time. Okay. How'd you feel with him? Man, it was pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw you saw him like nine times. Yeah. Um, no, he, he dominated me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did better than I did last time, which uh, I can't improve. It's a victory mindset. Yeah. You didn't die first. I had a question. You and I train infrequently, mm-hmm. mostly no gi, which I never do. Mm-hmm. You've never submitted me, <laughs> but I have caught you a few times. Yeah, twice. Well, that's what brings me to this question. I told Johnny about it. The last time you and I trained, mm-hmm. I caught you once. Right. I caught, I took your back, which is surprisingly easy to do. It is. Um, I've trained him on that. Yeah. And I remember at the end of the round, you said, did you catch me once or twice? Mm-hmm. And I said, I only got you once. But I always wondered why you asked that question. Because I couldn't remember. Because uh, you had my... Go ahead. You just wanted me to talk about how, how you beat me. I didn't. Uh, so... 
You took my back uh, the other day times. when I submitted you. And <laughs> I then remember that. One time you had my arm trapped. Oh, because I was almost arm locking you on accident. Yeah. And yeah. I couldn't remember if I got out or not. And I was just curious. Mm. I just, because I told Johnny, I was like, man, I, I feel like John, uh, I feel like so and so is keeping score. Yeah. Oh, I do. I always keep score. Yeah. yeah. I was saying he might be keeping a chart at home. And also, in your defense, so that I don't come across as a complete douchebag, I also told Johnny on air, I believe, that I submitted you within the first 15 or 20 seconds of a five minute round and then ran for my life <laughs> the other four and a half minutes. So it wasn't like an easy kill. And that's usually, you can ask Roly. 20 seconds sounds pretty easy. Well, yeah, but then I was in defense mode for the next four and a half minutes. But, um, and that's what Roly will tell you when it comes to training with me. I'm first good. 15 seconds. The first 15 seconds, I will fuck you up. If you can make it past the storm, you're probably going to go ahead and make a highlight reel on my body because it is not that hard. <laughs> Roly has compared me to a, um, a Chevy S10 with a 350 motor. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I think it was a compliment. So, you guys are gonna help me get my truck out of the yard later. Oh, that's gonna be fun. It's exciting. I got my truck stuck in the yard. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I, so I pulled up. So I I come to Johnny's, and his truck isn't in the front yard, and so I go down here and I park because I didn't want to like show up here and just be me and Lizzie. Like that felt weird, you know. Like right. I don't, you know, I I. It's, it's not disrespectful, but at the same time, like, I'm like, I wouldn't want somebody hanging out with my wife. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird if I showed up. I'm like, right. Hey, it's just the two of us, right? On. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to Why are you that. both in the bathroom? Right. Like, she was shaving <laughs> my armpits. Um, so I, I stop and I text Johnny and I said, hey, are you home? He's like, yes, sir. And I was like, okay, maybe Lizzie took your truck because you were parked and whatever. And I get there and I ask him, I said, where's your truck at, dude? And he proceeds to show me the backyard <laughs> where, it's, where his truck is currently sitting. Yeah, uh, it's been there for three days. It's like <laughs> it's like the Titanic. Like it's still sitting at the bottom of the ocean where it's always been. Yeah, you know, poor truck. I just got it too and got it stuck. Um, Were you like Dukes of Hazarding it up back there or something? No, we were moving stuff, and I knew better. I was like, if I get too far into that mud, it's just done. Um, and I got too far in that mud. And There's then, a couple of tricks to the audience members listening. When it comes to putting your truck in the mud and stuff like that. You want to do it right. You want to do it right. <laughs> also, a little hint. If you think you're going to get stuck, don't touch the gas. <laughs> let the let the motor turn the wheels and it'll actually help keep you from getting stuck. So a lot of times, like if I feel like I'm going to get stuck in a spot and I'm backing out, I'll put it in reverse and then just let off the brake and let the truck sl- roll back. Oh, yeah. Because it's once you accelerate, it'll start. The torch starts tearing that yard up. And get well, you stuck. I have a standard. Is that what you oh, did, Johnny? What? What Mitch was. I dug myself pretty deep. I in. think we can both yeah. agree that that is not what happened. Yeah. Well, so I, yeah. Didn't, I forgot it was a standard, though. Yeah, it's I a did. standard. I tried. I tried, you know, I was like, oh, I'm stuck, but I think I can kind of inch it out of there. That dug me down. I was like, okay, obviously I can't do that. So then I tried putting some wood under some boards under it. That got worse. You just then shot I tried it in the neighbor's yard. <laughs> attaching a two by four to the wheel so they could get a thing, but then the ratchet strap wasn't big enough. Mm. And then finally, I just got really angry and started gunning it as hard as I could. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and Lizzie's like out there, like, calm down. I'm like, leave me alone. Give me a beer. <laughs> That's how you end up with a truck in your yard. And yep. next thing you know, I'll have five trucks in my yard and a camper <laughs> that's broken down and I'll be hoarding all well, kinds of One of the of suggestions. Johnny was like, well, when so-and-so gets here, 
I'll have you guys get in the back of the truck and you guys could just bounce up and down and it'll get some weight to it. And I'm, I didn't want to tell him, but I so saw, I'll say it now that people are listening. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's going to work. It's, <laughs> you're already stuck. Like the tires and the tread and everything are already like slick. Well, I mean, we're going to be doing multiple. That's not that's the just only one strategy that you. we're going okay. to implore. Okay. That's fair. We're going to be doing several of them. That's fair. You know, we're going to dig it out, put some towels under, then we'll put you guys in the back of the truck, start bouncing up and down. Well, I don't get some grip. I noticed um, that you basically parked underneath my truck today, which was weird. I don't know why. <laughs> That's, like, weird. That's where Nissans go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want you to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Hope there's not a fire. All right. Let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you for coming on to the Rough and Tumble podcast. We appreciate you being here. Thanks I'm really having. excited about the fact that we talked almost nothing about sports psychology. Yeah, very little. We did a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you have some more stuff you want to talk about? Sports psychology. Try hard, believe in yourself. <laughs> you stole that vitamins. directly from me. Um, uh, that I got it from uh, this other guy named Hunter Colvin. He's a jujitsu <laughs> guy out of Oklahoma. He's pretty good. Never heard of. I him. got my favorite sweep from him too. So Hunter came into my gym to do that um, seminar. No, to do that that sub only tournament. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he hits. Um, you know that two on one butterfly sweep or you lift and throw him to the back that's like my favorite sweep he hit that on everybody and then it became the hunter colvin sweep but i did it first he's he's incredibly good he really like, is yeah like he just kind of like i don't know like you didn't hear much about him and then all of a sudden he was really fucking good mm-hmm. you know and his 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 business partner uh james partridge is really good too and then like James Partridge or something? I think that his name is James. And then he just one day took the E out on social media and everybody calls him James. Okay. I just don't feel like his parents named him James. That'd be a pretty cool name. What's mm-hmm. up, James? What up? <laughs> Preserve. Yo, James. I like them strawberries. Where you going? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I, I've always called him James because I didn't want to call him James. And then him be like, <laughs> idiot. Why are you calling me James? It's clearly James. Well, I'm not. I don't know him, so I'll call him whatever I want. Well, he's really good at jiu-jitsu as well. That's cool. Um, yeah, Hunter's really good, but he stole my sweep. I'm saying it right now. Hunter never smiles either, which is always super weird. Mm-hmm. Every picture he's always never smiling. Yeah. He hasn't seen your magic tricks. Well, that's true. I'll have to bring him on the podcast. <laughs> Show him the magic. And uh, uh, if he has one thing negative to say about my tricks, he's off the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we run this show. It's 2020. <laughs> this is our year. Um. Yeah, we'll have you on some more and we can talk some more about it. Or we can just talk some more about it now. We've been known to to stop a show and then just continue yep. going. Yeah, we've had a couple of episodes where we literally have an outro right back into an intro. <laughs> 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 One of them, like, I completely wrapped up the show and Mitch was like, oh, we're done. I was like, well, we can keep going if you want. Yeah, and so we did for like another 30 minutes. Yeah, but I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> later guys <laughs> um, I don't have anything specific to say I guess I don't know well it's kind of hard when we had TJ on he actually made the statement that he believes that that most athletes if you're able to should seek out a sports psychologist and he said um, that he has actually worked with sports psychologists and it was a game changer for him you know I would I would have guessed that uh, not from that podcast which I did listen to Oh. But um, because well, they're you. all 
really, really exciting content. Why wouldn't it be? Stuff. Yeah. But uh, I was rolling with him one time, and uh, I guess when I first came to West Side, he was walking around in an knee brace. So I guess he was injured or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably from rolling with me. <laughs> that's those first fifteen to twenty seconds. Uh, fuck you up. <laughs> But this was like one of the first times I'd seen him training since he'd been walking around the knee brace and he was a little bit uh, winded when we were rolling and he was using self-talk to himself and he was doing it out loud and he was doing it in a way that was very deliberate and you could tell this was something that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I noticed that. And then when he talked about it on the podcast, it made a lot of sense. Well, he does that. But when he first started doing it, um, I thought he was talking directly to me. And so I kept going, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and i was like bro i can't hear what you're saying because you're whispering <laughs> he's like you got this bro i know i I'm do like, you don't need to keep telling me that shit shit you're man. making me feel weird <laughs> are you fucking with me right now like, now i'm not confident anymore it does mess with people though oh like, yeah, I'm sure. like he's already a little bit in people's heads like mm-hmm. if you're just normally training with him and you're just recreational because you know he's this ufc fighter and he's really good and all that, and then he starts saying, "Come on, TJ! Come on, TJ!" As he's walking towards you, and he's already double legged you four times. <laughs> like yeah. that stuff really does take away. And what it, what I found is I start saying it back to him. Let's go, TJ! <laughs> Come like, on! When he's fighting me, <laughs> like, let's go, let's go. The uh, do you feel like um, some people just naturally have got it, like mm-hmm. mentally? Yeah, we talked a little bit about that with Bryce. I kind of feel like. He just naturally lives in that fire and wants to be there. Yeah, it, se- it seems like, and I don't know Bryce very well. I just know him a little bit from training with him. But his interviews and stuff, the things that he says aren't like, I'm going to go uh, knock this dude out or I'm going to go, I'm going to submit him in the first round. It's like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, when I fought Johnny at our super fight. Uh, here we go again. Did I don't you know why you always get like that? Did you win? Josh was there. Weren't you there? Did you go? Yeah, I was there. Josh well, was there. and I wasn't going to mention that. Were you that. cornering me? No, no Daniel no, I was, was. I was up in the... Because I remember I kept looking at Daniel and winking at him. Yeah. And I didn't do that. Josh said, I don't know why you let him do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about self-talk and stuff, like I used to have a... It's better now, but it was way worse before. I was really bad about giving up like halfway through the match. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like a mental thing where like um, I would get ahead and I would just want to stay there and not do anything else, you know? And I remember having the conversation with myself when I when I was fighting Johnny. I had passed a side control and was trying to hold him there. And I remember thinking, like, I've done enough. This is fine. Like, if he beats me, it's okay. You know, no big deal. Like, because I just remember thinking, like, oh my God, there's so much more time left. Yeah. You know, like I remember thinking, like, I was thinking that too. Right. <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, like. I worked myself up so much to get to this match and here it is. I got a good throw and like, but like, I remember thinking like I'm winning right now. And instead of having the thought of let's keep this momentum going, I remember thinking like, fuck, like I put so much pressure on myself to keep it mm-hmm. because I was like, dude, now I like, I have to stay here. If I move and do anything wrong, he's going to win. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember thinking like, maybe I'm okay with that though. Like I've done enough. And I yeah. it just, it was a weird deal. Like, um, and we talked about it on episodes before where like I go to IBJJF events and I'll be chilling off on the sidelines and being like, I could leave now and no one would even notice. Like no one's going to care. The guy's going to call my name a couple times and then they're going to say that I've been DQ'd and I won't even be there to hear it. 
But when I was in Chicago, that's how I felt for mm-hmm. sure. When I competed at Chicago, I wanted the fuck out of that. It's wild, you know? And then you get people like Bryce and stuff like that who, and, and TJ said he's gotten a lot better with it over the years. Um, he said as an amateur, he was having to give himself, like he was doubting himself in between rounds. Like he would finish a round and have no idea what he was going to do to finish the next round, you know? And so, um, but he's a huge proponent for that the sports psychology piece to it. But I don't know if he sought a professional or if he's just did like some reading on his own, you know, and um, I know Zachary had read some sports psychology books because he suffered from um, competition anxiety pretty severely. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I don't know what Avenue either one of them took. I know Zachary took read books about it. Um, I, I guess the reason that I never sought the whole sports psychology aspect was because I'm fully aware of my shortfall you know what i mean like i don't need a book to tell me that i have an issue with with giving up mentally in matches and i've gotten much better at it um i just feel like what's a book going to tell me that i already know like i know you gotta fucking keep going i had to cope with it but see that's the thing is like i'm fine with it like i accept that this is part of my psyche and i've worked to get better at it yeah um and really all i had to do to get better at it was to tell myself oh just fucking keep moving like it was that simple. Mm. I just said, you know what? Just keep moving. Don't stop moving. If you stop moving, start moving again. You know, and so I don't and that's know. The I'm basically thing. an expert now. So the uh, the best kind of self talk is usually short and simple, just like that. Uh-huh. Um, but the thing about self talk, uh, the best way to do it is you want it to be deliberate because we talk to ourselves all day. Mm-hmm. Like our brain is an organ that does many things, but one of the things that it does is it thinks. And just like your heart, you can't just like consciously tell your heart to stop beating. You can't tell your brain to stop thinking. And part of that genetic. Watch this. No. How'd you do? (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) But part of that like genetic predisposition shifts your brain one way or the other. And most people have like kind of a negativity bias. So it's going to Mm -hmm. give you all these negative thoughts. And they're outside of your control. So they're going to come. Right. So a lot of the self-talk, since it happens all day, it flies under our awareness. Like, and before we know it, before we realize it, we're caught up in this negative spiral of thoughts. Like it goes from, I may not win to I'm going to lose. And it feels like a, not just like a thought, it's like a reality. Right. And so if we're not aware of that, and if we don't practice our self-talk, we get caught in those loops. You mentioned negativity bias. Um, are you familiar with, with where that idea comes from. Like, um, I would imagine you would be cause you, you've been going to school almost as long as I have. Um, I don't have a degree yet. That's the difference between the two of us. But, um, but one of the things that I do in my job is I, I teach resiliency training. And I think you and I talked about that and we have to study the negativity bias piece of that. And it comes from our ancestors. Mm. It's a piece of survival because, you know, back in the caveman days, they had to think worst case scenario or else they would die. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear a rustling in the woods. Nobody goes, oh, it's probably just Frank. He's just going to scare me. He's a silly guy. No, it's it, it's a fucking saber-toothed tiger and it's going to eat me. And that's what kept right. people alive. And then as we've progressed as a society, that part of our brain stuck around, but it's unnecessary now. And it's almost impossible to get rid of unless you consciously, like you said, work on getting rid of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's easy to say, oh, well, you should just be thankful. You should have gratitude and you should have a gratitude journal and different things like that. 
Um, it's not easy to get rid of negativity bias, like you said. Um, and it's because it's so ingrained in who we are as a human species that you're literally fighting nature yeah. when you're trying to develop self-talk. So, Yeah, and it, it goes even beyond just like uh, worst case scenario type stuff. Like we all have those moments where just like out of nowhere, this thing we fucked up a long time ago just pops back in our memory. And then we have that like embarrassment, that cringe feeling right then. But so it's that too. We remember the mistakes that we've made more so than the successes we have. Unless you're a narcissist, then all you remember are the successes. I peed my pants twice in my life. Once when I was a kid, once when I was an adult. When I was an adult and it happened, it affected me far less than when I, when I was a kid. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> about you feeding your pants? That's where I was going with this. I, yeah. poop, I poop my pants twice I've in my adult life. And oh, it, never they were on adults. the same day. Never as an adult. <laughs> on the same day? <laughs> on the same day. It was bad, dude. It was really The second bad. time you're like, oh, not again. It, yeah. <laughs> this is turning into a trend. <laughs> but neither of you, since the last time, have peed your pants or pooped your pants. No, that's a good right? point. And that's because I think you're onto something here. It's more important. <laughs> Josh is tying this in. It's more important to remember the mistakes. Yeah, because they they're more costly for your survival. If we look at the answer, an evolutionary psychology perspective. In my defense, the first time I peed my pants, it was not a mistake. It was actually a thought out <laughs> process. Oh yeah, we've gone. We've through gone this, through this yeah. whole thing. I actually planned the whole thing out. Um, the strategic second strategic peeing. It was yeah. a strategic pee peeing of the pants. Um, the second time, I was an adult and got blacked out, drunk, and woke up. Uh, sleeping in my own pee. So I got really, really like deathly ill. I was like super sick and woke up with water just pouring out of my ass. Oh, <laughs> was it just leaking? Just like I'm not. Yeah, like the oh my god. The first time I was like, oh, I got a fart. Oh no! And then the second time, I just woke up in the middle of it, and I was like, not again. <laughs> and then I just took myself to the shower and laid in the shower for like two hours. <laughs> it's be like if it happens here. Yeah, I was safe. so like I was right on the edge of death. Oh, sick. Man. I was like, ugh. I only pooped my pants once, and it was when I was a kid. I was about four or five years old, and I thought that there was something under my bed, and I had to poop. And so I just pooped in my underwear. I bet you scared. I scared whatever was underneath yep. your bed away. And I took my underwear off, and then threw them under my bed, and just slept naked that night. And then uh, my parents found my underwear. Good plan. I didn't say I thought it out long. So negative. So, so sports psychology really applies to your bowel movements. That's what I want. I don't know about you guys, but I'm bringing some valuable information. My biggest fear fighting MMA was that I was going to get knocked out and end up being the guy that peed his pants or pooped mm. himself. And uh, you know how people get nauseous when they get overexerted, like when you're having like a hard, hard train, and people get super nauseous. Wrestling is the only thing that can do that to me. And a, you know, physiologically, what's happening is all the blood is going to your legs and your bigger extremities, and so your it's a blood flow issue, which is what causes that nausea feeling. Um, about four years ago, I stopped getting nauseous, and then now I just feel like I'm going to shit my pants. Oh, so I don't know. Nice it's obviously for the same reason, like some sort of blood flow issues happening, but I was training with Ryan rally one time and we were training crazy hard. And I remember as soon as the round was over, I had to run because I was going to shit my pants. I, I don't know if it's a survival thing. Like maybe my body thinks I'm getting mauled by a bear <laughs> and it's like, Oh, quick shit yourself. And I have to like self talk myself into not doing it. I can't remember where I came up with this. If somebody told it to me or what, but I was like, what if there was, 
No, we were talking about it in the gym. I've brought this up to you before. No, you didn't. Um, what if there was a disease where you couldn't tell if you had to shit you if you had to go to the bathroom immediately or if you were hungry? <laughs> and either one of them had immediate immediate consequences. <laughs> like so every weird. time you're you felt a rumbling in your tummy, you're like. Am I hungry or am I going to shit myself? I better go sit on the toilet and Whoa. eat a bowl of cereal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just eat all your meals on the on the toilet just to be safe. I knew a guy that um, he had Crohn's disease mm. when he was a kid, and I guess that equates to pooping your pants. Like, oh, um, I'm I'm mistaken. I, when you said Crohn's disease, I thought you meant it's whenever you think that your family's jujitsu is the only jujitsu <laughs> that matters. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, there's like three people that are going to appreciate that. Joke, I don't so. think that Crone is that guy, is he? Yeah. Oh, is he really? Okay. Well, anyways, um, the totally threw me off track, and I don't remember sometimes. Crone's disease. Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, apparently had an issue with like when he had to go to the bathroom, it had to be like right then, and so then he became the kid in school that pooped his pants. Mm. And uh, so, but then he developed this thing where like he would not go inside of a building. Unless he knew exactly where the bathroom was. And like so he would send people in before him to tell him where the bathroom was and then he'd go into the building. You know, and the thing about that is is like you said, he became known as the kid who pooped his pants, you know, yeah. all the time. Oh, it's oh it's Tommy. He was You can't recreate your persona. So like maybe he starts wearing goofy hats and he's like he's like, No, it's not, it's Tommy the goofy hat guy. They're like, hey. No, it's still Tommy the shit his pants. Hey, yeah. <laughs> like nobody <laughs> Now you're just shitting your pants with a goofy hat. Yeah, on. now you're just being ridiculous. Take the fucking hat off. Yeah. Stop shitting your pants. <laughs> <laughs> you can never reinvent yourself after that. Did you, you, know? you could do it the opposite way. You could be known as Tommy the funny the hat guy and then shit your pants and immediately be known as Tommy shit the pants guy. Oh, yeah, that's but true. But you can't go back the other direction. Right. I think you can only go downhill. Yeah, Correct. most people can't go uphill. <laughs> You can't shit your, shit your pants uphill. No, shit rolls downhill. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's it's, science. It's true. I read about it in a book. And see, this is why I keep trying to wrap up the episodes. It's because we spiral down into this, and I try to get us out of it by sh- shutting it down. This is premium content. <laughs> I agree 100%. Premium content. I'm trying to save face for Josh. Ugh. He's allowed it to happen. And on top of that, I don't feel like this is nothing that we have talked about. No, this is not bad at all. Bleeps okay. in. Yeah. Good. Okay, what do you, I'm? What are you? Maybe we can about? talk about it off air. Don't bring it up. <laughs> yeah, because we're gonna immediately, <laughs> we're immediately gonna go and jump into whatever it is you say. Save that. That's an off air conversation. Yeah. We'll talk about it when we're about. trying to get Johnny's truck unstuck. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm glad I have friends in Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm glad I wore a white shirt today. Me too. <laughs> and red pants and yeah, shoes. These- are you trying to claim something? Look, you even got a red. Mm, that was sub- subconscious. None of that was supposed to happen. Thing. <laughs> yep. Be careful. Be careful. Stupid. In this neighborhood. I, I can't even get out of my truck. I have to drive all the way to Cabot to get out of my truck now. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I don't need gas. Um, like, I no, 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 it's not what you think. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. I haven't seen anything like crazy around here yet. Well, I drove. Knock on wood. I seriously did drive to that gas station right here. Yeah. Um, the last time we recorded. And I was like, oh, man, I was going to drive. And then. I realized how out of place I was. And so it was overtly obvious. Like yeah. I pulled into the parking lot and did a 180 and drove out of the parking <laughs> lot. Like there was a, there was a spool of uh white, like electrical cable 
out on the other side of the highway over there um, by that gas station. And somebody had spray painted on it. It's just in big letters, not copper. So that somebody wouldn't like, they were like, they'll never get this one. You know, like that's how bad it is around here is that they have to spray paint, not it's, copper. It's true. My brother would, is one of the people that you have to do that for. There's yeah. probably, that probably was full of copper. Oh, so there's oh, meth yeah. heads that are going over like, damn it. Oh. Boiled again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It says it's not copper. I'm not yeah. wasting my time. <laughs> um, anybody familiar with Billy the Exterminator? Anybody Billy the Exterminator? They had no. a show on A&E called Billy the Exterminator. No. It was like a really popular show, Vexcon. He was on Dirty Jobs. No matter right? how you much as <laughs> you explain it to me, I'm still not have seen what it. What channel was it on? A&E. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yep. Still haven't seen it. <laughs> Not yet. Is it on about? Netflix? Nope. That's it. So um, he's from my hometown and he became real famous for having like he he wore like goth attire, but he was an exterminator. So like he was like, you know, anyway, Fucking weird. it was a reality thing. It was really weird. But my brother, he so he built a house in my hometown. Bill exterminated it. Um, and while they were building it, my brother and some friends were like, we're going to go steal the copper out of this house because he was a drug addict currently still is. And, um, the plan was if the cops come, everybody run in multiple directions because there's no way that they can get us all. <clears throat> the cops showed up. The other two guys took off running and my brother jumped into a bathtub. <laughs> there were no walls in this house. That's how they were getting the copper because all the copper wire you know, was yeah. exposed. And they just walked up and like shine the light in his face, and they're like, "Get out of the bathtub! You can't see me. My eyes are covered up." Yeah. You know, it's just like, "No, I was here first, and they built the house around me." <laughs> <That's what it laughs> <was. laughs> no, no, I was here first. It was super silly. Um, that my same the same brother is in jail right now because um, his apparently his baby mama is also a drug addict, and my brother's story is that he found the drugs in their house, did not want her to take them. So he was going to throw them away. But apparently she's so good at finding stuff that gets thrown away that he felt he needed to go to an empty parking lot down the road from their house to throw it away in that garbage truck. And then ended up uh, falling asleep at one o'clock in the afternoon in his car because he was tired. He'd been up all night trying to save the world from drug addicts. Yeah. And so he decided to take a nap and the cops came up and uh, because someone reported that there was a man sleeping in his car in the middle of a church parking lot at one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and that's how he got put in jail because he had all the drug paraphernalia in his truck. And that's the story he told the cops too. like, <laughs> this isn't mine. I have a friend that got uh, busted drunk driving and he was like asleep in an apartment complex in the at the wheel and the cops like come up and like knock on the window and he just wakes up and goes oh shit and just drives <laughs> off <laughs> he just drove off yeah, he's like shit the cops are here and just started driving oh that's awesome oh weird yeah the uh apparently they can bust you too like i almost like well if you uh if you're like drunk and then you sleep in your car they can still give you a ticket for drunk driving. Really? Or like a DUI or it's, whatever. You th I figured it'd just be like a public If talks. the keys are in the vehicle, mm -hmm. then you are. You're That's why whenever you, if you got to pull over and sleep it off, put the keys outside the vehicle. Yeah. Just drop it. But outside. honestly, like the, 
I, I get it. it. You know, like, how are you going to tell if the person was honestly trying to take a nap and mm-hmm. sleep off that they're drunk? Or how are you going to tell if they're just Well, they passed got out. to the parking lot some way. Yeah. Or they could have, like, walked to the parking lot and be like, you know what? I can't drive right now. I'm going to sleep in my car until I can. I guess if the car I tried to do that on a park bar. bench one time. I really? had a story one time of, uh, it might have been on a movie or something. I don't remember. But somebody was drinking and driving. They got pulled over. They threw the keys out of the window and then made it very visible that they were drinking right then. Hmm. So they couldn't prove that they were drunk before they were driving or if they didn't, if they got drunk after they threw the keys out of the car. Mm-hmm. That's not a true story. Yeah, that's what, that's kind of sketchy. That's called, uh, that's not a true that's, story. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. that's how you get out of it. If yep. you ever get busted, just do that. And, and just, there you go. He's a professional. He's got more professional. <laughs> I am a professional at counseling. Counseling. Yeah. Telling lies. So I can tell you all about none of this. I was wondering where you're trying to go with that. Um, don't drink and drive. No, you shouldn't. Honestly, it's like literally one of the worst things I think you could do. I agree hundred percent. And I mean that like I'm not even being sarcastic right now. Like that's one of the things that I'm a big proponent for. Mm-hmm. is not drinking and driving or or you know and i don't have any, no offense to anybody out there that's had this happen to you but i don't have sympathy for anyone who's gotten dwis yeah. i have zero sympathy i also don't have sympathy for people like my brother who have five duis like my biggest thing is like i have five kids at any point i don't have any sympathy for you i'm sorry i don't oh for the kids <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> um you know it just i, I don't think that they have they don't understand the gravity and obviously they don't understand the gravity because there's something psychological that is happening that is causing them to make that decision. Well, dude, uh, like, let's be real though. I mean, like when I first started, I guess I when say. I first started drinking, there were times whenever I shouldn't have been driving home. 100%. You know what I'm saying? I think everybody makes a, makes those, that mistake. I, I wouldn't say that everybody, I think a lot of people make that mistake and a lot of people learn from that mistake mm-hmm. and a lot of people continue making that mistake as well. Yes. So it's, it's just a matter of like risk assessment. I think like understanding like this was a risky move and I should not have done that. I need to change my behavior next time. Um, figure out something different to do next time. Um, I think that's what separates the people from, uh, the ones that have made that mistake. Cause honestly, like, I don't know a person that hasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then the people that continue to fuck up is just that person that's like able to, stop and say whoa i need to slow down mm-hmm. but then again some people can't make that decision until something drastic happens like they need a wake-up call also true yeah get into a car accident or something and then yeah. it's time go to prison Ugh. yeah i don't know i uh i don't drink hardly ever so i don't have that problem yeah same i really don't <laughs> but anyways can we wrap this damn episode up now? Fine. Have we talked enough about sports psychology? Are we sports psychologists? You asked now? me to be on here. So you asked me to be on. What do you, what do you want? From he's me? like, I'll he's like, you me. asked me to be on the show. Don't put this on. Who <laughs> told you to be show. on this show? Who invited you? No, I think um, we're good. Uh, I think yeah. we are good. Thanks for coming on, man. It was uh, it was fun, and it was a uh, nice change of pace because we've had you know a lot of successful people on now. And uh, so we wanted to make sure that we brought somebody. We wanted people to remember we haven't forgotten where we came from. The small people, right. you know, the little guys. Yep. So uh, congratulations on your brown belt. Congratulations Thank on you. getting married. Thank congratulations you. Congratulations on getting married. Um, congratulations on finding a new job. 
Because after this <laughs> comes out, you're probably going to need Yeah, one. and a new wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's about it. We need to plug the Patreon because we need... Um, oh, oh, oh. We do have... We uh, been subscribed to our Patreon. We need yeah. to shout him out. Um, he's another one of my students. He's a blue belt, but he's oh, yeah. been promising me for a while. So thank you, Ben. <laughs> that's back. Um, we... We forgot about that one. Yeah. I'm sure everybody said, honestly, they're kind of annoying if I do it too much. So I'm just not going to. Everybody loved it in the beginning when we, the first couple episodes. Right. We got to, you know, we've got to like trickle them in there. We can't, dude, imagine if we did 20 episodes with sound effects. I know. You know, and something else I was thinking about because our last episode um, for the New Year's was probably the worst episode ever. Yeah. We, <laughs> we ended 2019 with a real a good disappointing. Episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, honestly, there were a few times where I thought Johnny had a personal vendetta against me <laughs> during that episode. I, I was saying. angry. That was the, but it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. And you were taking it out on me. I really was. <laughs> yes. I was like, at least two times in the episode, I was just like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was in here just like brooding the whole episode. Like every time I would go to tell a story, he was just like, oh my God. <laughs> And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I was already annoyed by that dog showing up and then like at the perfect time. And then I had to go to the wedding yeah. and then get drunk. And uh, I made it better, though. Yeah, like it I, worked out. I erased it with alcohol and now we're back to normal. But I, I was the reason I brought it up was because we talked about the sound effects. I think one thing that we have to remember is that. What we might find annoying because we go, oh my god, we've done this bit a thousand times. The fans might enjoy it. That's true. You know, you cannot forget that one. <laughs> the more you know by John Cena. <laughs> I still like that one because I have the visual picture of the guy using it. And he's blowing, blowing in his two nose. recorders in his, <laughs> yeah, his nose. When he's doing it. So that's what's, yeah, but yeah, that's true. There's a lot of things that like. I was saying, people were like, dude, that was really funny. I was like, oh, that was like the dumbest thing that I've ever It's said. happened to me multiple. Every episode that comes out, I have at least two or three people that quote something that we said or did. Yeah. You um, guys are fueling this. Just know this yep. is all your fault. So subscribe to our Patreon for more. Please. Because we're, we're working on getting some really cool stuff. One of the things that we're working on is getting a mobile podcast so that we can start taking the show on the road because we still want to do... The Crescent Hotel. We still want to do maybe some podcasts live from like some of the tournaments or something. My like that. backyard. Um, his backyard during a campfire session. We've already talked about. So we want to do a seance back there mm-hmm. and see uh, all the scary things that are living back there. So we've got some pretty cool ideas coming up to create a better environment for you guys. Yes, and, but we need your money to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll be releasing the Felipe Trovo interview um, at the same time as I'm releasing this one. That will be released on the Patreon. So we'll be able to start releasing episodes a little bit early uh, for the Patreon uh, members. And they'll get early access to some special interviews and episodes and stuff like that. Like I said, 2020, we're really going to be pushing the Patreon a lot more, Mm -hmm. uh, especially content for that. And then uh, YouTube, we've got all of our videos streaming now on YouTube or the ones since we've started streaming are now all on YouTube. And you can go subscribe there. Those get released kind of halfway through the day on Monday, sometimes Tuesday, because it'll take longer to upload. So be patient about that. And then you can find us on Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Google Play, and most major 
streaming platforms. I can't think of any other. Spotify. Go check out the Hammercast. Go check Scott out the, the Hammercast. Hammer. And we'll share that link when as yep. soon as it gets uh As soon as he drops posted. the episode, we'll um we'll definitely give it some love. So Yes, I really want like if you are a listener of the Rough and Tumble podcast, you need to go listen to the Hammercast. We want to swamp them with our listeners. And go check out the band The Rough and Tumble. Yeah. Um tell them that we love Tell them, them that we love them. Tell them that we sent you. Tell them um that uh, they need to stop fronting. <laughs> so come on the show. Come um, on the show. Get them on the show. Full invitation and not sarcastic. Not being sarcastic. I don't want to talk shit with you. I don't want to nope. I want to help you and I want to understand what you do and I want to understand your music and share that. So artist to artist. Like yes. we, we definitely want to help any way that we can. Artist to podcaster. There we go. Artist to non musician podcast. Yeah. Uh you got anything else? You got anything? No, I want to go see this peacock. Oh, you want to go check out the peacock? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we'll see if we can we can get it over here. Right, we'll call I'll get it. my peacock call out. <laughs> All right. Till next time. See you guys later. Bye guys.